0: Hello, this is the Keen Atomic. Um, I'm your host Nick. Uh, joining me today is um, my interlude co host, the master of Dogecoin. It's uh, Max Maybe. Guten Tag. Hello.
1: Good to be here.
0: Um, episode two of our episode kind of sp- spin off um, little podcast that we're doing. Um, so last week, you know, we, sp- we spoke about um, uh, Minari and Sound of Metal. Um, thank you everybody who, who listened in on that and, um, you know, it got, got I think we've got some, uh, got some good discussion out of those two episodes, uh, the two, two, um, two films, sorry. Um, this week we are kind of changing things up We're 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 moving over to, to comedy. Um, today we're discussing bad trip and, uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Um, should we, should we get started with, um, with bad trip? I think.
1: Yeah, I'm what are we doing about spoilers um i a think, comedy films so it's com- not really
0: i think i think we should just say to you go
1: see like so i if think you're, if you're if you're really worried about spoilers then yeah but i mean there's not really films that you can spoil i say what we'll do we'll
0: give a one sentence review about whether somebody sh- whether you should go see this film and then we'll go straight to spoilers so after yeah. that one sentence from both of us you can okay. just skip I'll, I'll put time codes like i did with the last episode and and you can skip forward to to you know the next thing if you if you wanted to yeah. so um the first film is bad trip i don't think we ever gonna get out of this town i'm telling you seeing maria today that was a positive moment <laughs> Maria.
1: Oh my God, I've seen you in forever. If you're ever in Manhattan, I'll show you around. Great. Okay. Yes. I'll uh, see you great later. seeing you, Chris.
0: Look at our lives, man. Spinning our wheels, bullshit job after bullshit job. Can you just hit that on switch on the vacuum for me, thanks,
1: man. Uh, go and see if you like stupid, dumb, jackass comedy. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I'm. I'm very much of the same opinion. Like, I I would go see this if, especially if you're the fan of of Jackass and and the Eric Andre show. Um, so that that's our one sentence <laughs> review of Bad Trip. Um, this film, you know, it, it stars Eric Andre, Little Ray Howard, Tiffany Haddish. Um, directed I by Ketel, uh Sakurai. Um, I don't know what other kind of work he's done. Um, no, I had a
1: little look into it, and I don't think he's done much.
0: He's done, oh he's done actually, well it actually makes sense, he's uh he's done some work for the Eric Andre show, so that kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think he's uh, like a collaborator with Eric Andre for a while, I think. He's from you know, Eric Andre's team as opposed to the uh, Jeff Tremaine's team.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think Jeff Tremaine, from what I can gather, kind of was brought on as a producer after in, in the development stage, it wasn't you know, it was a Uh, for what i can kind of gather but i mean having jeff tremaine's name in there is is kind of indicative of of the actual format i mean i feel that i don't know about you but i feel like this this is a a film that is kind of shows the natural progression from say like the tom green show to jackass to the eric andre show you know
1: i don't know don't know what you think it's essentially bad grandpa isn't it but with a different character in there um it's sort of, it's taken that style of the pranks sort of uh, comedy thing that Jackass does or, and like Bad Grandpa Dead where he put it in a story that is run with that, I guess, just Johnny Knoxville turned down the offer so they gave it to Eric Andre instead because it does feel like they could have just made the same film and swap Eric Andre for... Um, I, I literally just said his name, oh, I've forgotten it.
0: Knoxville. Johnny
1: Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think... I think this film very much it um it, you can see I I think this is has more in common with the Eric Andre show than anything Johnny Knoxville has done really um I think that think? I do yeah I think he's um because this this from what I can gather this is very much Eric Andre's kind of idea like that that you know that kind of his his writing team and what have you that's very much their kind of idea and that it, it apparently took like six years to from idea to filming to kind of oh, develop wow. this. Um, and I think it really pays off because I think they do the smart thing in that they take a really bog standard conventional story, Hollywood narrative. And instead of doing, you know, what Borat did and uh, what Sacha Baron Cohen has done, you know, to, to great effect, which is kind of taking, you know, these different skits and putting it together to form a coherent kind of idea or a message, they what they're doing is they're trying to basically show what would happen if, you know, we were to take these Hollywood actions and and plot points and and just put them into real life with real people reactions. Mm. Um. And you know, then saying that, you know, the reactions are key to this. I mean, the, the the sequence where Eric Andre kind of bursts into song after saying he's in love, and the guy's just sat on the chair and he's just like, yeah, he's in love.
1: Like, you know, yeah. I that scene was that scene was brilliant because as I was watching it, I was thinking about. Obviously, when we're watching it, there's this massive, you know, music underneath it. But on location, <laughs> they're not playing that music. It's just Eric Andre just getting up and singing in the street and there's no music underneath. So I'm imagining that guy. It's even weirder. I think it might be funny if it just cut, cut for like a five seconds, ten seconds and showed it without the music underneath. Like yeah. as it was filmed with him just singing <laughs> with no musical accompaniment.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then the dancers kind of just show up and uh, and, and start dancing away in the middle of the shopping mall.
1: Yeah,
0: I, it's um, yeah, it's it's very it's very very funny in that. Um, I think I don't know what your favorite reaction is, but I think mine is, I think the graffiti cleaner has to be up there. Yeah, with, that's that's a great one with the most kind of genuine like fuck you to the police
1: I've ever seen um yeah i mean there's some great ones in the one there's the people in the cafe thing where uh she comes in looking for them and then they come in later and the woman's like she basically like sells them out completely and then tiffany dish comes back in and she's just completely she's like they went that way go get them bitch go get them (laughs) she's like getting so excited for it. and then um her friends are like why are you getting yourself involved in all this she's like i don't care i think that that was probably yeah that was one of the best bits i think and I really liked at the end of the film the post credits where it showed them sort of after the pranks where they come in and be like ah oh, you know like the reveal yeah I that they had that in there I think that worked very nicely as a sort of closing sequence to have all the reveals there yeah
0: and you know it it I I thought maybe they did they just kind of done one and done with the the, the little skets, but it looks like they did did it with multiple different people um, oh yeah yeah I'm you know, sure there's so, so, so th-
1: much on the cutting room floor for this film
0: so like the you know the plumber coming in, which was that was really funny, but, um, yeah. The, 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 yeah, um, I know it's Tiffany Haddish, I mean, she genuinely seemed to be scaring people, like, yeah,
1: you know, I'm um, surprised they, uh, she's quite a, like, a recognisable person now, she's gotten a lot of fame, so I guess they must have had to fill in quite a lot of time to get people who didn't recognise her.
0: I mean, I didn't, rec- if I didn't know if it was Tiffany Haddish, I probably wouldn't have recognised her you know the way her hair's done. She's got mm. you know that tattoos and the way she you know she she kind of like lowers her voice a bit. You know and and it it yeah. Mm. I I think I if I didn't know it was her, I would be like, oh, who is this kind con- who is this
1: woman? Um, well, that was the problem with a lot of the Knoxville stuff, wasn't it? Was that yeah he, just, he, he couldn't do it because he was getting recognized. So much, so that's why he sort of went into that um grandpa character because underneath that. But even the grandpa now is probably pretty recognizable. Yeah, Zisman or something. What's he called?
0: I think I, I think Eric, Eric Andre's got got to that stage, didn't he, with his latest season of the Eric Andre show, where mm. kind of people knew about it. I mean, my you know my favorite episode of the Eric Andre show um, is is the one with um, oh my god, what's her name? Um, you know, as she sat there and he's eating the lettuce. Um, oh, what's the Hannibal Burris is eating the lettuce and he throws up on the desk and he starts eating mm. it. I yeah, can't remember that yeah. woman's name. That's my favourite one, but obviously she had no fucking idea what was going on. But then, like, yeah. you know, the, the the best episode away from that is Jack Black, who knows exactly what the Eric Andre show is like, but he is freaked out because, okay, yes, he's high as fuck, but, like, he has no idea what's going to happen, like, how Eric Andre's going to fuck with him. Mm. Um, And I think that's kind of a, a um, very, very... It shows like the talent of Eric Andre as a, as a comedian. Basically, he's he's kind of even when people are expecting reactions, he's able to kind of get something genuine. And I think that's why this works so well is because people don't recognise him. He's not a recognisable face on the street. Um, so people are able to, you know, he's able to get those reactions kind of really, really perfectly.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you said you see it as closer to. Sort of Eric Andre than the uh Jackass Jeff Tremaine stuff because I felt that that was what it was really missing was that real surrealness of a lot of the Eric Andre stuff I think you know some of our favorites you know like the Cyclops one on the street where he's taking the pictures <laughs> and he pulls down the camera and he's just got one eye stuff like that that's the stuff that I love from Eric Andre that you don't really see as much in Jackass that you didn't really see in this film at all as well I think all the pranks were quite sort of you know, realistic, grounded in normal stuff. And like you say, that is, I guess, them doing that what would happen if these Hollywood scenes were in real life sort of thing. But yeah, you didn't get much of the, the Eric Andre surrealness that he's, he's so known for.
0: I mean, you got the bit where in that fantasy sequence where, you know, his you know, the girl that he's kind of, you know, stalking is, beats up the blind guy. Mm. Um, You know, that's very, very much straight out of the Eric Andre show. But um, even then, as a
1: prank, it's still, quite. Like, you know, I mean, you don't
0: you don't think the, the someone, the, someone you don't you don't think the Chinese finger trap with the with the dicks is is you know I
1: guess that's a bit yeah a bit but then even then that's still just like a real big... like like compared to a fucking cyclops appearing on the street no
0: nah. I mean the the, the gorilla you know <laughs> not even the, the gorilla gross.
1: scene yeah I guess I guess a bit
0: yeah um yeah I mean I I I, I honestly I, I enjoyed this quite a bit I I you know. I think what's well, it's kind of had like a really weird history in terms of its release. Like, I don't know if you knew, but it got accidentally released on Amazon Prime last year um, for like a day. Um, But so long, in fact, that people were able to kind of you know rip it and pirate it and what have you. And then Netflix bought it because I think I can't remember who, I think it was Amazon, they dropped it for its you know cinema release because of COVID. Mm. And then Netflix bought it for a 2021. You know VOD release. Um So
1: yeah, it feels like I've been hearing about it sort of vaguely for quite a while. It's always yeah. been this sort of talked about thing, the Eric Andre film coming soon. But yeah, I didn't really. It kind of just dropped one day. I didn't really hear much build up for it. It was something yeah I was aware of, but then one day just going through Netflix, it was there. I thought, yeah, oh, happy days. That's something good to watch.
0: What did you think of the 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 White Chicks bit
1: at the end? Oh yeah, that, I mean it was done pretty funny. They actually looked. It's surprisingly good. It was really that—that that was probably the most surreal bit. Was how good they actually did look. It—it it was really strange, yeah. But uh, that—I thought that was done very well and very funny.
0: I think only Eric Andre would not only—he's the only person who would not only think that's a good idea, but actually be able to pull it off.
1: Yeah. Um, and then um, Tiffany coming in as well. That's I mean, the white, yeah, dude. <laughs> With that, like, yeah, that was quite a good bit. I thought, yeah, it was—it was all very well done. You know, it's—I think. With comedy films, they're kind of difficult to get good ones nowadays. I feel like we have sort of gone past the golden era of comedies, and you just get in these formulaic sort of, you're uh Melissa McCarthy, Kevin Hart, just putting out two a year, The Rock, just appearing in all of them, sort of thing. Yeah. And then none of them are particularly funny, so it's kind of nice when you do actually get a good comedy film that comes along.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So I think I think you know we're both on the same page with Bad Trip. Um... So yeah. it's not
1: film of the year, but it's a good fun watch. Maybe you know, get a little stoned or something. Yeah, have a few drinks.
0: We we don't advocate <laughs> drug <it's> use. <laughs> we don't advocate <laughs> drug use on this podcast. Um, <laughs> if you're watching an
1: Eric Andre, I think you have to be, don't you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, so I think I think we're kind of I'm nicely done on Bad Trip, and that, um, uh, so I think I think if you're ready, we'll we'll move on to the next film. Um, yeah. So which is. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> Shadows falling baby, we stand alone. Out on the street, anybody, I don't need to go go home And we had gonna do you, to I love climbing mountains, So yeah, the, um, this film uh, stars Kristen Wig and uh, Annie Mamulo with uh, Jamie Dornan and uh, Damon Wyans Jr. shows up for a little bit. Um, this, I've mean, got a little brief synopsis, uh, the story of best friends Barb and Star who leave their small Midwestern town for the first time to go on vacation to Vista Del Mar in Florida, where they soon find themselves tangled up in adventure, love and a villain's evil plot to kill everyone in town. So, Max, have you got like a one sentence review for Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar?
1: Um, if you'd like comedy, don't watch this film. Oh If you want to watch a funny oh. film, watch something else, I'd say.
0: Okay. I would say if you like good vibes, if you like the kind of thing you get from Whit Hot American Summer, from McGruber, from like a weirder version of Lonely Island than I think. Definitely see Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Mm. So um, let's go. Let's go straight into it. Um, it sounds like you are a lot more negative on this than I am. So if you you it's take you take it you you go forward and you go first. It's
1: interesting you say Wet Hot American Summer there because wet, I love Wet Hot American Summer. I've seen it or or both the series and the film like loads of times. I completely love it. It felt like it was trying to do that. and just completely missed the mark for me. It just wasn't. None of it was funny. There was one or two bits where I was like, "Huh," and that was about it.
0: Okay. Um. I, no, it just just not not on its wavelength then. By the sounds
1: of it, it just I don't I didn't. It's not that I didn't get it. I got it. It just wasn't funny. Like all the jokes, I was like, "Okay, cool." Now okay. It didn't like Wet Hot American Summer hits that level of surrealism, and you know it's kind of it's not set a punchline. It's you know the jokes are just sort of funny, but I felt like this it didn't quite lean into that enough to hit the mark on that. It didn't quite go the other way enough. It just felt like it was trying to do almost like three, four different types of comedy and not really hitting the mark with any of them. I, I just it it didn't it didn't land with me at all.
0: I mean, i I I've got to say, I mean, I really enjoyed this. Um, I I really... I think the first act was a bit kind of rough, but then once it kind of got into the swing of things, I was really, really well on board with what the film was doing. Um, it's really quite good, positive... Like I said, good, positive kind of vibes from it. It's really, like, silly. There's weird, it's surreal. And there's there's not an undercurrent of darkness in it. Even the villain's plot is very silly that you know it's not there's not like there's not anything like underlying underneath it that makes you think okay there's something really sinister underneath the commentary of this i just think this film is like really really genuine and and funny i think it's i think it's of the same milk as as Magruber as the kind of thing you'd find on adult swim you know i mean i i can sit and watch um you know the Aquatine Hungerforce force movie and just, you know, lap up that film's strange turns and incoherent reasoning. So I I maybe I am the kind of like the perfect audience for this.
1: No, that's the thing though, I like that sort of stuff. I just found it didn't it didn't lean into it enough, if anything. Uh. I felt like it was kind of it was dipping its toe in the water with it and having a few little moments like that, but not not embracing it enough to actually really hit the mark on it for me i mean the bit that i found funniest was when they're they're on the cliff at the end with the alligators and they jump off and then they float down because their parachute pants like open up and help them float down that was the funniest bit to me in the whole film that'll be uh, actually made me laugh i felt like it should have done more of that embracing that just sort of weird stupid comedy i felt like it didn't do enough of it
0: I mean, you've got Jamie Dornan bursting into song, and then he climbs a tree and he's singing about seagulls. I'm, I, I, yeah. I mean, I was loving that. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was like on board with it. I was like, yes, give me, give me this. I mean, Jamie Dornan mm. should do. If anything is evident in this film, I think Jamie Dornan should do more comedy. I mean, I think he has a real good comedic presence. Um. You know, as so- soon as people
1: break out into song in films, my brain just switches off. <laughs> like in, in, in contrasting it to you know, Eric Andre when he breaks into song, I think that's funny because the whole joke there is that bursting into song in, in public is a ridiculous thing to do and the comedy there isn't from the song so much as the reactions of the people around him. When it's just actually all actors and they're just bursting into song, whether it's done in this way with a comedic song or done in an actual musical. Either way, my brain just checks out It just <laughs> just switches off.
0: But uh, uh, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, the guy, I... what
1: like the um the guy at the at the bar that plays the piano and yeah. always does the songs. They just didn't land for me. That was just. I was like, okay, uh, funny. He's doing a song about babies
0: I thought I thought <laughs> it, I thought it was quite funny to be honest. I don't know. Um... It
1: just. It, it didn't land. None of it landed with me. Maybe it's too Americanized for me. I'm not a big fan of American comedy usually as well.
0: Yeah.
1: So maybe it was... A, I, I was wondering, are they characters carried over from SNL or something? Were no, they, they're not. No, they're not. They're completely for the film. They're okay.
0: completely for the film, yeah. I thought so, maybe
1: that might have been what I was missing. I thought maybe they were long-loved characters that have been, you know, 10 years on SNL and you already know the background behind them and that's why it wasn't landing, but...
0: It does feel like that. It does feel as though these are wrong-running wrong, wrong running you know yeah. SNL characters that they've yeah. just given a big a big film f- to that's um, what i thought it was and you know i, I you know we we got what lonely islands is that well they you know they haven't did they do no they didn't do did they trying to i think feel like there one. have
1: been a few like that though right
0: yeah, MacGruber is is the one I I keep going back to. You know, that was an SNL skit of, that was parodying action movies and the silliness mm. of action movies, and and then they do a full on film to do with it. I really do recommend you see MacGruber because that that film is incredible. Um, I, I you know I I I can say barman start. I really I did like I said I really enjoyed it. I was really on its wavelength. Um, I thought the payoffs some of the payoffs in the film like they took an entire f- a film to get there. Um, the reveal at Trish at the end, I thought was 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 very 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 funny. It took me a moment to be like, "Who the fuck is Trish?" And then I remembered the conversation on the on the on the plane, which kind of just got darker and darker as they 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 got talking about this this woman called Trish who apparently mm. just didn't exist. Um, I thought Damon Wayans Jr. He was doing something very funny. Um, he was know, he
1: was probably my favorite in it. I thought his stuff was was really good. Yeah, I think his comedic time was great.
0: Um, Andy Garcia, showed, like when Tommy Bahama, that guy showed up and he said his name was Tommy Bahama. I was like looking at him, it, was like that's not actually Tommy Bahama. I recognized that person. It wasn't until I looked it up realized it was Andy Garcia. Mm.
1: Um,
0: so that was that was quite funny. Um, then you had the. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to say Don Cheadle's name correctly. I mean, this is how you say it, but they they say Don Cheadle. Yeah. Um, which. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board with it. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm quite I'm quite surprised. I mean, honestly, that you you weren't on board with it. To be honest, I'm I'm quite surprised. Yeah, I just it
1: didn't land with me. It felt like it was trying to do a few different things, but none of it was quite hitting. Like I kind of, I I can get into sort of childish silly humor, but it didn't feel like it was quite. I don't know. Yeah, it just missed it just missed the mark for me. Yeah.
0: I mean, I read a review, um, I think it's on Twitter, by, um, it's on Twitter or Letterboxd, I can't remember, by uh, Christian Evangelista, who's on Slash Film, a uh, film journalist. Um, he said that the film is like a Muppet movie, but all the Muppets are played by humans. I think it's kind of a perfect way of describing it. Like, if this film was populated entirely by Muppets, it might add to the, you know, weirdness of it all and kind of like this sunny disposition the film has but maybe because it's not played by Muppets it's played by people you know like you get that kind of thing of being like people shouldn't be doing this kind of thing this shouldn't be as, as silly as it is and as happy and genuine mm. as it is Um
1: I think I think what it was is that the the two main characters Barb and Star I just didn't like and I think that was a big part. I think you, they for it to work, you have to kind of like them. You have to kind of get behind them. And I just, I I did, I found them just annoying. I found their accents annoying. I found their jokes annoying. I just, I didn't get along with them at all. And I think that was crucial to it. So the whole film, whenever they're doing fun, happy stuff, it just, they were just winding me up.
0: It took, honestly, it took me, it took me until like, halfway through the film before I realized that the main villain wasn't Kate Blanchett um no it's <laughs> Kristen Wiig, yeah it? Kristen Wiig yeah. It took, yeah. yeah it took me it took me way too long it, it was like st- I was like sat there thinking that looks like Kate Blanchett's character from Indiana Jones but I can't figure out if it's not maybe it- no. No, I don't think it is <laughs> like it's a weird makeup job or something but no it is it, it's, it's Kristen Wiig
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that was obvious from the start.
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't.
1: <laughs> it's like the uh, Austin Powers thing, isn't it? She's doing the villain and the hero. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe Austin yeah, Powers I, is kind of like a good, compa- like, a comparison yeah. of this.
1: I think, I don't know, I kind of found, I thought at the start, I was like, oh, okay, so these two characters are kind of parody of the of uh, Karens, you know, it's just their sort of, this sort of culture of the just, you know, it's a big thing at the moment. Um like anti-vaxxers and stuff like that this sort of white uh, middle american woman that's just sort of annoying and complains about stuff and you know constantly gossip and stuff like that so i was like okay you're not supposed to like them they're kind of a parody of this annoying person but then as the film went on i was like wait are they that like because to me i'm finding them super annoying but the film seems to be showing them in quite this sort of endearing light where they're supposed to be quite likeable people so i don't know maybe it- Maybe that's what what the, that maybe that's the core of what didn't land for me, and then from there, it just it was never going to work.
0: What did you think of the uh, like the talking club cutaways?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, no? maybe a bit a bit obvious, isn't it? A bit on the nose. ha ah, they're off doing action, and everyone's just sat at home. Maybe it works once, but it was like three or four times, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, but I I, I don't know. I I yeah. I th- I think I think it's quite quite interesting that. You know, both me and you have this kind of very similar um, sensibilities when it comes to comedy. And, you know, we're both fans of Adult Swim, both fans of Eric Andre, Lonely mm. Island. You know, Hot Rod is is one of my favourite comedies. I know that's the yeah. same for
1: you. It, it felt like it was kind of trying to do that Hot Rod style of comedy, but not quite working.
0: i I got to say, no, I I think the, the, the for me... I think for me, like the positivity and kind of like the upbeat and the the silliness and and kind of the brightness to it was kind of like a welcome, welcome thing to to see in in these mm. in in this kind of comedy. I mean, I you know I've been watching, you know, I, I I finished watching Ted Lasso season one. You know, I've said to you that that film is that that series is very, very upbeat and positive and optimistic, and you don't see that kind of comedy. Um, you know, around, you know, our comedies that we're kind of getting used to now is in the mode of it's always sunny or or, um, Archer or um, you know, away from the sitcom stuff. But you know that there's like an there's a darkness to it. Yeah, it's always
1: the British style of comedy that the Americans are finally starting to catch up with. Is the stuff Monty Python and sort of stuff we're doing years and years ago. It's always been the British style is sort of a bit more downtrodden. You're laughing at yourself. Americans are starting to sort of pick that up now.
0: Yeah, and I think like, you know, with, with I think Ted Lasso does it very well, I think this does it very well in in trying to, this positivity and kind of like, it doesn't need to be a laughing at yourself kind of thing going on or mm. laughing at others. It's a a kind of like good vibes and silly situations is enough to kind of carry a film like this. And for me,
1: it mm. works. Um, yeah, which I I agree. I don't I don't mind that. I think it's just yeah. At the core of it was that I didn't like the main two characters, and I think that is like crucial to it. Because if you don't like them, then all that positivity is just annoying.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, did you did
1: you like them? There, did you find? I
0: did. Them- I I when I was sat on the sofa at the beginning, I was like, okay, you know, what's this? kind of thing you know i found these car- kind of characters irritating and other things mm. but then like i said like that first act kind of is, is a bit rocky but when it when it you know when they got onto the plane and when they got to florida i was like on their wavelength um you know that there's that sequence where they you know they have that bowl of drink and with jamie dawn and then they have this three <laughs> uh three-way which they only really, they don't really talk about like in detail, but they just give hints and that you see a little flashback of mm. Jamie Dornan playing playing saxophone and then rolling around in the sand and and what have you and it's all very very silly and 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 funny um yeah i I said i i found i, I found i just said at the, at the beginning like the first act that was a bit but as soon as I got onto the film's wavelength, I was on board with with the two characters.
1: Mm. Okay, yeah, I think I think that must be it. I think that first act must have just sort of uh, that that cemented it for me. I didn't really move past that.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it's good, it's good to actually have a disagreement because you know we've had we had three films in a row where both me and you were like, yeah, they're both they're, they're good. Uh, go yeah. see it. Um, and then we've had a film where you know I've I've said go see it, and you said don't. So yeah, well, um, I think you can skip this one uh <laughs> so yeah i yeah that's uh i think i think we I, I think we've kind of kept this relatively short this week i mean um
1: yeah well that's the theory. it's hard to, to uh go too deep about comedies isn't it
0: yeah you don't we don't really want to fall into this trap of just quoting lines back and forward because you know mm. that'd be just that's that's not good that's not good content um and obviously because you know that the the comedies and what have you they don't really have i'm not saying comedies can't have you know deep lying themes and what have you you know uh, Sacha brown these Cohen, two don't. the sasha brown cone but bad trip and, and and balvin star don't i think i think maybe bad trip might have um some like eric andre is trying to say something about hollywood comedies um yeah but that that's gonna you know maybe require a little bit of deeper analysis into that film like watching it again and, and trying to figure out the conventions that he's subverting in that um, I think the
1: closing lines of Barb and Star is there's no ship like a friendship or something like that Yeah. or <laughs> well, the only unsinkable ship is a friendship so yeah. I guess that's the theme of the film
0: yeah um, okay so I mean I don't know if you've got anything more to say on either of Bar- uh, Barb and Star or Bartrip
1: no I think I've uh, said all my all my opinions
0: okay um, so uh, next week um, because I think I think we've kind of things are starting to pick up in terms of releases so Mm. um, I know next week or as of recording I know Mortal Kombat is actually finding out but we're not going to be reviewing that until the week after where we're doing I think we're doing that with um, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse the uh, Michael B. Jordan action film that's coming out Um, So next week, we're going to be talking about Promising Young Woman, which stars Carey Mulligan and Bo Burnham, uh, directed by Emerald Fennell. Um, This film is, I mean, it's been talked about a lot and both me and you have been really looking forward to watching it. So Mm. I think it's going to be a good discussion for that next week. And then we're watching that with um, Aubrey Plaza's new film, uh, Black Bear, um, directed by Lawrence Michael Levine. Um, so I think, from what I can gather, they might, it might, this might make a good pairing, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to both of those. Um, they're both films that I think both of us have heard things about, and you know, been waiting for them to come out in the UK for us to finally sit around and watching them. Um. Mm. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't think we've got anything more this week, um, unless we wanted to go and do a deep dive of the Fast and Furious Nine trailer.
1: Uh, yeah, John Cena. John Cena. It's uh, it's gonna be a good one.
0: It's gonna be insane. I mean, hands back. Like, I mean, just just what? I mean, they're they're definitely going to space. Um, yeah.
1: At least, thing, I just don't know what the fuck they're gonna do for episode, or for um Fast and Furious Ten because this seems like they're they're topping out here.
0: I mean, I. I <laughs> I think the trailer the trailer like makes the wise decision in showing that it's Roman and, Lu- and Ludacris going up into space. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I think there's that if you're going to have a reaction to a Fast and Furious characters going to space, you've got to have those two because Ludacris is very much kind of like the sardonic kind of like chill character and Roman's like we're going to fucking die. <laughs> yeah. Um which I think he says in every single fucking movie um, but I love Robin, so it's, it's it's fine. It's fine. Um. So yeah, no, yeah. Fast and Furious Nine is going to be an interesting one. I think when it finally yeah. comes out over here, I think me and you are probably going to do a, an episode devoted to the entire
1: franchise.
0: And uh, I think That's we're going to
1: one. We have to go to the cinema as well. Yeah,
0: I think I think Fast and Furious Nine is a definite cinema film. I'm not watching um, it on my laptop. I think. <laughs> Um there's quite a few, I think there's quite a few like must-watch cinema films. I think this year more than ever, you know, we've got to have a, got to go to the cinema as much as possible.
1: Yeah. Um and not just for those big budget ones as well because you know there's it's all well and good going I want to see Fast and Furious and Dune in the cinema in the IMAX the S- or whatever. Space Jam 2. But View isn't the one that we really needs support. It's going to be little indie cinema, so I'll also need to be going and seeing a lot of stuff in the watershed and, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so you know, seeing like First Cow or um like the Father is apparently meant to be really good. Ben yeah. Wheatley's got a new film out this year called In In the Earth. Hmm. Um, you know, I may be- even try and go
1: and see Sound of Metal uh in the cinema because I think I'd like to see that with uh with actual proper. Uh, speakers all around me
0: and everything. Yeah. And then obviously we've got I think we've got three Marvel films out this year. <laughs> um three? Hang on, no, we got we got hang on we got we've we got Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, and Spider Man. So we've actually got four Marvel films oh, out oh, this year. Yeah, Apparently I think Venom 2 is still meant to be out coming out this year at some point. Um we've obviously got the much delayed um bond film no time to die mm-hmm. um edgar wright's got a new film out last night in soho we've got appa- dune we got dune coming up dune coming out um there's the ghostbusters film that's meant to be coming out um we've got the king's man which i'm not too keen on about we've got apparently two ridley scott films out this year um jackass four if if that's apparently still coming out this year, we got Candyman, Suicide Squad. Is that out this year? The Suicide Squad's meant to be out. Free Guy. We've got um, the, what's the, that? Um,
1: Bob Odenkirk one. I'm seeing adverts for. Nobody. Right?
0: That that looks. I've heard good things about that.
1: Yeah. Um, lots of stuff. Lots and lots of lots
0: lots stuff. Lots and lots of stuff. Space Jam Two, which I'm not seeing, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um and I would say, like, they're 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 talking about um they've they've just obviously done the, the the press embargoes come out for um a new animated film called Mitchell versus the machines, or the Mitchell's versus the machines. Mm. Um the the animated film. That film has got some really, really good reviews. Um so I wasn't initially gonna be watching that, you know, when it came out, but I've heard good things about it, so I'm probably going to watch that when when it comes on on Netflix at the end of the month. So, yeah, it's uh, I think I think this year it's good to have this year kind of picking up. Yeah. Uh, in terms of film releases. Um. So yeah, I uh, I think I think we're all done all done for this week. Join us next week for for uh, promising young woman and a uh, black bear.
1: Uh, Max, uh, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, find me at Max, maybe or at the Winning Form. Winning Form hard on Instagram
0: and you can find me on Twitter at Nick Chandler my website is superatomavision.com you can find us on Twitter at Kino Uh, our email is kinotomic at gmail.com let us know your thoughts on uh, Bad Trip and Barb and Star whether you're on that wavelength of of either film actually it would be interesting to get your thoughts and um, yeah so with all that in mind it's a goodbye and a thank you for listening from me
1: and goodbye from me.